0: Thank you for tuning into this teaching. We hope this message blesses you. Our mission as Marigold Church is to do anything and everything so that anyone and everyone can encounter the real Jesus. We hope as you listen to this, you encounter the real Jesus. Let him transform your mind, transform your heart, and encounter you today.
1: in, In this case, the subject of blood when the world takes on the subject of blood, it's very gory. It's very, you know, it's just it's it's meant to strike fear. It's meant to uh, bring up this this idea of like blood equals fear, blood equals death, blood equals gore. And a lot of times the church's reaction is a is is just that it's a reaction to the world versus taking a step back and saying, okay, that is the world's take. Well, of course the world is going to have it wrong. But do I react to their being wrong or do I look to the word and say, okay, what does the word say? And in finding a, basically a different ditch and, and to, you know, not wanting to be like the world, what we've done we, is we've actually, in this reaction, we've taken the blood and we've added the fear and the gore and the scariness and the, the, just the wretchedness of blood to the gospel or to the Bible. And so by doing that, we, we've we've taken the blood out of the Bible. Or we've tried to clean it up and like, well, we, you know, we don't want to talk about that because, you know, we don't want to scare the kids. And and we don't want them thinking about that. We don't want them to be scared of Jesus if all they think of him is full of blood or anything like that but in doing so we've kind of dumbed down or or drained the very life out of the gospel in fact the question i'd i'd have for us today is have we drained the blood from the gospel have we drained the blood out of the gospel on the subject of the of blood it's become gory and so we tend to shy away from it in talking about it in the Bible. But in the Bible, if you take the blood out of the Bible, you don't really have a whole lot of the Bible left. And you look in Exodus and you look in the Kings and you look in, in, in especially in the Old Testament and going forward and then Jesus on the cross, it's filled with blood. In fact, some of the earliest stories are filled with blood and to try to to, to clean them up for the sake of kids or the for sake of people hearing it for the first time, we've actually changed the story. I think of, I think of teaching on blood is, is similar to teaching on sex, in that, you know, like, oh, well, we don't want to talk to kids about sex, but but when they hear about it in the world, then we'll we'll react to it. Well, now you're having to undo something. You're having to undo the the teaching that the world is instead of, hey, you know what? As the church, let's talk about sex first. Let's talk to kids about sex in in, as long as we're doing it in what God has created it. God created sex. Well, God created blood. And so instead of being a a reactionary measure of like, oh, well, you know, we don't want to talk about blood, but until the kids are adults, well... If you look at the video games or you look at the movies they're watching, well, they're learning about blood very early. I know I learned about blood. It wasn't like my parents sitting down and like, hey, let's talk about blood. It was like, oh my gosh, did you see that gory movie? Did you see? That was our first idea of blood. And so anything from there was blood is bad. Blood is scary. Blood is blood is painful. Blood is anything but good. But perhaps if we had a better understanding on the subject of blood and and not just blood but death we could give better honor to sharing the gospel so two things we want to ask this evening is this number one what does the bible say about blood and then number two what does the bible say about death in leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 it says this, it says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and having given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. So this is that the blood sacrifice has already been, been started. And so many times what we think is, in, the, in terms of giving this animal sacrifice that they gave in the Old Testament, that it was the death that covered the sin. It was the death. And that's how a lot of times we look at it It's just the death. We look at the sacrifice as just death. It's just death. But if we look at, look at that in Leviticus, it says this, for it is the blood. So yes, it's the blood, but by reason of the life, not the death it's not the death of the animal that brings atonement or covers a sin it's actually the life of the animal that makes the atonement which is the blood so blood is is right there is closely related to life it's the reason of the life it's only sin that introduced us to death it's hard to believe today you know, especially after this weekend, we just uh, buried my father-in-law, and, and so he's there, and he's in the casket. He's not moving. He's dead, right? He, he, his life has left his body, and so we, we're, we're, we're filled with these images of death around us, and it's hard to imagine that you and I were never made to die. The moment you were conceived, you were never meant to die. It's death, or excuse me, it's sin that introduces us to death. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, it says this It says, The Lord God commanded the man, or commanded Adam, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. That sin, that Sin of disobedience towards God brought death. There's no mention of blood. There's only mention of disobedience and death. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it gives it to us a lot more bluntly. It says, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Imagine this, you go to work. You, 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 you've worked your 40 hour a week, you've been working really hard, you've been creative, you've been trying to, you know, hey, how can we take this, this, uh, this company to another level? How can we take this creative elements to another level? And you've been working real hard because you want to get paid. And so then they give you the paycheck and it says death. That is your payment. Meet at the you know, the closest guillotine or, or whatever it is, but, but you're, now you've, your payment for all your work is death. And that's what it is. It's the payment, the wages of sin, the, the, for all the effort that we put into our own sin, all it does is bring death. Sin equals death. Sin equals death. Just like we just read in Genesis chapter 2 in the following chapter, we know that, of course, Adam and Eve sin. And we see that God in in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21 performs the first animal sacrifice to cover Adam and Eve. So Adam and Eve sin and God has to kill animals. Animals. And it, he doesn't go into the detail of it, but we see them, they're covered in the animal skin. Well, we obviously know that you cannot have an animal skin unless the animal dies. In the next chapter, so we have chapter 2 is the commandment, don't eat this. Chapter 3, we can we clearly see that they've eaten it, and now, that, now there's death. And now we're in chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4 verses 6 and 7, and it's where we see the very first mention of the word sin. We know that sin has already been committed, but now the word sin comes into play. And And he's talking to Cain. It's God talking to Cain. Cain is so upset with Abel because God accepted or received Abel's sacrifice, but rejected Cain's. And there's a warning uh, that God gives to Cain. And, and he says this, sin is crouching at your door. He says this, is, is sin is coming. I'm warning you, this attitude that you have towards your brother. It, it, their sin is crouching at your door. In fact, part of the curse of Adam and Eve sinning would be that Eve would be after after adam but it's in this way it's it's like this this idea of sin crouching and and there's this rejection involved the next verse we have the first murder cain is given a warning and he does not heed the warning and he kills his brother He's the first martyr. Abel is the first martyr. He was the first shepherd. This week, we talked about, and as we were burying my father-in-law, about God being a good shepherd. Well, the first shepherd was Abel. He was the first shepherd, the first prophet, the first martyr, the first one to be murdered. And with him being murdered, It gives us the first mention of blood in the Bible in Genesis chapter four, verse 10 and 11. There's the first mention of blood. It says, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Your blood, your brother's blood cries out to me. Now, when I thought about that, I thought of my brother, me and my brother would fight a lot when we were young And uh, I like most brothers do, but we took it to a whole nother level and we used to share a room and I don't know if you were, maybe this wasn't around. I was trying to explain this to uh, one of my kids the other day and, and he didn't get it. And maybe I was over explaining it. I might've been planting a seed of, of like, Hey, this is how you do this bad thing. But I was telling him about this thing we used to do when we were kids called pencil fighting. And I don't know if y'all did that when you were little, but you you know one person would hold the pencil and the other person would try to flick their pencil to try to break the other person's pencil. And so we would we would buy these pencils. And there was a pencil uh, dispensing machine down in the office for twenty five cents. You bought a pencil, but you didn't want the one with the little grooves. You tried to get a smooth one because those were made out of a harder stick. And you didn't get a wax one because you were gonna you were gonna. And so we just we there was a whole you know idea of this in in elementary school and well then there was this other thing where you would take out the eraser of your pencil and and smash down with your teeth the little metal part and so now you have a blade at the end of your pencil and so now you have a, uh, a a way to really you know you can really take some meat out of the other pencil This is pencil fighting. Yes, this is what I did as a kid. And, uh, you know, who needs video games when you have pencils? And so we we did this. Well, me and my brother were playing pencil fight one day, and, and I felt that he cheated. He felt that I cheated. We got in this big old fight. Well, now we have daggers in our hand, and I got the best of my brother, and I stabbed him in his mouth, not on purpose. That was completely just a good shot, but not a purposeful shot. But I cut the roof of his mouth with this, with this thing. And there was blood everywhere. There was blood everywhere. And my parents had to take him to the hospital. And I felt bad for two seconds and then turned on the TV. And, uh, but he was, he was in bad shape. Your mouth You don't realize how much your, your mouth bleeds when it has a big cut in it. But my brother was crying out. Here, my brother was trying to take me on. He was three years younger than me, and and uh, he was big and macho. But now he was crying out, and his blood was also crying out. And so, but we know that dead things don't cry out. There's life in blood. If my brother had died, he'd not been able to cry out. But he was alive, and the blood was very much alive, and it was getting everywhere, and he was crying out. But in this case, it says Abel's blood was crying out from the ground. So dead things do not cry out. Only life can cry out. Blood equals life. Where sin equals death, blood equals life. And when we see that from, see things from that perspective, and we see that we can take the Bible and see it from God's perspective, and so when we look at that story of Adam and Eve, what we think of is Adam and Eve sinned, something had to die. And that's the way we usually just look at it. Sin die. Sin something sin something has to die. And just God is this bloodthirsty being and any time that there's sin, he's got to see death. He's just not happy until something dies someone's got to die something's got to die and we can really be pervert the idea of of blood and death if we don't understand but adam and eve stepped into death by sinning remember sin equals death so by adam and eve sinning they step into death by sinning against god so god in his mercy covered them with life he covered them with the life of the animal in exodus in the first passover as the as god's people are looking to to leave egypt or 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 god is really setting them free they're not really looking to leave egypt as much as god is looking to set them free from egypt and when death visited god's people before the exodus from egypt they were protected by the life of the lamb. Remember, God gave them very specific instructions. You take a one-year-old lamb or a one-year-old ram. It has to be spotless, one for every family. You take the lamb, you kill the lamb, you, bl- you drain the blood from the lamb. And then it, from that basin, then you, you, you hold that aside. You cook the lamb because you'll be eating from the lamb. But then the blood, you, you take the blood with a, with a hyssop, hyssop stick or a brush and, and you take this and you, and, you shed, and you shed this blood over the lamp post or, the, or the, the door post on all sides and the top all the way around. And what is he doing? From us, it's about shedding death. It's about spreading death. But from God's perspective, no, no, no. You're spreading life. The blood equals life. You're spreading life. Because then when the death angel came, what were you protected by? You weren't protected or the people were not protected by the death of the animal. Animals die all the time. They were protected by the life of the animal. Death could not come in because they were being protected by the life of the lamb. And then, of course, we see Jesus. Jesus covered our sin with his blood. And what does that mean that he covered our sin with his blood? It doesn't make much sense in in those terms that he just covered our sin with his blood. But what he's saying is he covered our death with his life. You see, to remove the blood from the gospel is to remove the life from the gospel. And, and so many times we've let the world take on certain subjects, sexuality, uh, the idea of blood. The, the, you know, there's so many ideas that, that the world, they, they take an idea on, on marriage, on, on raising families and all that and, and every time the world steps in, the church tends to step back instead of us stepping forward and saying, no, 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 we have the truth. We have the light. We can give you a better understanding. And when we understand blood and we understand death, we can share the gospel. With greater veracity, you see, it's the blood that makes the story real, and it's the blood that gives the story life with that idea. Remember, blood equals life. Sin equals death. I want to go to a popular passage. You've probably heard it. I'm sure you have. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 22. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 22. And I'm going to read this one. Usually I'll read out of the the NASB, but I'm going to read this one out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. And it says this. It says, indeed, indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. So, in the in, in in the law, and you'll see it in the in when we get into Exodus and then into Leviticus and these is, is to purify. They would purify the things in the in the in the, in the in the tabernacle and stuff, and they were purified with blood. They were washed with blood, and that's what it's talking about. And I don't want to get hung up in this idea of under the law. Well, under the law. Yes, we are not under the law. We are now over the law. We don't live under the law. We live by the law. But God in in sending Jesus to the cross fulfilled the law. So we don't do away with it. We don't live under it. But but Jesus fulfilled it. So still that we learn so much from the law. So going back, it says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. How many of you have heard that verse before? You've heard it. It's it's said, um, and you'll see it a lot around Easter and, and times like that. But with the idea that blood equals life, and sin equals death, I'm going to change the words. Everywhere it says blood, I'm going to use the word life. And everywhere it says sin, I'm going to use the word death. And I want you to hear this verse in in that context. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with life. And without the shedding of life, There is no forgiveness of death. Without the shedding of life, there is no forgiveness of death. We need the perfect eternal life of Jesus to cover the eternal death brought by our sin. When Jesus, when we see that, when Jesus died on the cross, when he shed his blood, what does he do? it's it's best said that he gave his life for us. Why? He traded our death for his life. So we'll either end up in eternity carrying our death with us or carrying his life with us, but there's no in-between. There's no in-between. So when we when when we talk about blood, when we when we talk about this blood sacrifice and the things that happened in the Bible, it's important when we go forward and share the gospel. When we when we tell people, let's not sanitize it. Because we're sanitizing it for no reason. Right. Uh, we went to a coffee shop earlier, Marcus and I, and and I was trying something new and, and asking, you know, we we're asking that. The, the, the girl, the wait, waitress. I don't know what you would call it. Barista. Sorry. Barista. We're asking the barista, you know, hey, this, I don't drink coffee, but I like tea. And hey, is this tea good? And, and here is this, uh, this barista, this young, young lady, probably in her early mid twenties or whatever. And she's got fangs on and she's got like some fake blood around her chin right here. Why would I be scared to share with her? The idea of a blood sacrifice. She's not scared of blood. And so, so many times we, we think, well, man, people don't want to hear about that. People don't want to hear about that. You know what? That's, that's the enemy speaking because the enemy will tell you like, no, 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 that, that's going to weird people out. No, no, no. They don't want to, let's not sing about the blood. Let's not talk about blood. That's, ooh, that's creepy. And you know, the church, there's the, songs that talk about Oh, I go to the fountain of blood. Oh, that's creepy. Not if you understand that blood is life. Oh, I go to the fountain of life. When I go to Jesus, I find my life. I find a new soul. And we can be, we can not be ashamed to go and share these things. That we were talking to a, a church leader uh, years ago and he was saying, you know, the, 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 How when he first went to church, this idea of blood freaked him out. And he's there and they're singing about blood. Oh, I washed myself in the blood. And he's like, what are these people? Like, what are they talking about? This is weird. But it's it's those it's that thing. If if, now I understand it, if 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 we stay there and don't teach on it, then, yeah, it's really weird. Oh, I'm just, uh, you know, treading on snakes and I'm drinking blood or, you know, it's just like, oh, my gosh, what, are, what kind of cult is this? But if you're teaching on it, let me tell you, Jesus was unafraid. And he said, if unless you eat of my blood and drink of or eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you'll, you'll not have eternal life. Man, let me tell you, there, the, the, some of those followers dropped like flies and they were like, no, peace out. I don't know what I got myself into. And so we're going we're gonna to have that. But, but we, we don't need to shy away from blood. Blood is life. In fact, right now what we're going to do is we're going to take communion. And we'll talk about the, the blood. And we're, we're drinking the blood. We're eating the flesh. And all of these are pictures of the Passover when we, when we go back to Exodus and we see the Passover, in fact, next week, I'm really, really excited because we are going to start our, our teaching on Exodus. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to walking us through this idea of, of just how much the, the Exodus parallels our life in, in, as believers. But this idea of, of taking the blood taking the blood and, uh, and, and consuming it. What we're doing is we're taking on the life of Jesus in us. It shouldn't be weird. And, and we are not of the belief that this little grape juice, this is what it is, it's grape juice. Um, this does not turn into blood. We are not literally drinking blood, but we're, we're, it's a representation of what Jesus did on the cross and what he gives us the ability to do. But as we take this grape juice, let me just pray. Father, we thank you that as we take this grape juice, Lord, we do it in remembrance of you. You commanded us. You gave us uh, instructions to remember what you did on the cross, to remember the life that you gave and to take it for ourselves, to take that life, to take that blood, to receive your life in exchange for our death. And so right now we take this in your name and you can drink it. Oh, that's rich. It's like like it turned to wine or something. <laughs> the next thing we do is we we take on the bread. You know, Jesus is called the bread of life. The unleavened bread, there's no fluff. There's no nothing in it. And it, it points back to the Passover as well in that you don't just take on the life. They didn't just, it wasn't, the instructions weren't just to spread the lifeblood over the, the doorposts. They were instructed to cook the lamb and eat of it they were, they were going to eat of it and need to continually eat of it for their journey. Christianity is not like a one-time thing. You know, it's, a, it's an ongoing journey. And you need to eat constantly. Eat of that bread. Eat of the lamb. And that is to actually take into ourselves the teachings of Jesus, the life of Jesus, to, to understand the decisions he made and say, you know, I want to be more like him. And to take that. And that's what we do. You know, we, we break it. They broke his body. So that we can be made whole. And then we take that. Father, we thank you. Lord, that you gave your flesh. It was real. You had a real body. You were a real man. And you're coming back as a real man. But Lord, in the meantime, we remember you. We remember you and your sacrifice as a man, that you truly gave your life. You were not an empty shell. You were truly 100% God and 100% man as you walked the earth. But Lord, you gave your life on the cross for me so that I could take on your life and your flesh. In Jesus' name, you can take that. hey
0: if this message or any of the content that we've been putting out has blessed you and you're wondering how you can partner with us in generosity there are a couple ways to do that you can download the push pay app and you can search marigold church and you can give that way you could also set up reoccurring giving and it's really user friendly it makes it really easy to give you could also text marigold 77977 and give that way we believe god moves through a generous heart and so we would love to see what god does through you as you partner with us and as we walk through this journey together.